0: Well, hello. My name is Joanna Summers, and I'm the Middle School High School Curriculum Coordinator here at GISS. And I'd like to welcome you to the inaugural GISS podcast. Today, I'm joined by our wonderful, brand new Middle School Principal, Noah Bonan. Noah, welcome.
1: Thanks so much, Joe. It's great to be here. Um, Hopefully, I can earn some of those accolades.
0: Well. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's talk a little bit about you first because the, our parents, our parent community, haven't yet had the pleasure of meeting Noah in person. But you may have seen his persona come across in the middle school video sent home in the newsletter. You haven't been able to see his crazy socks that he does like to wear uh, most days. And so when you meet Noah in person, he screams middle school. This is a man who was made for the middle school. So, Noah, tell us a little bit about
1: yourself. Well, um, I do love middle school, so I think that it fits that I look the part, but uh, I've been in education for 23 years, and a large part of those years have been spent working with middle school-aged children. Um, I'm originally from Canada. Uh, I worked in Canada for four years before moving overseas. Uh, My wife and I, we spent 10 years in South America, three years in Colombia, and seven years in Buenos Aires, Argentina, And then for the last eight years, we've been in Moscow, Russia, before making the big move to Jakarta.
0: Right. So you are somebody who has had lots of experience, all in these different places throughout the world. So tell us then, how did you get into education in the first place? How is it that you? What does your journey look like that you're now here as a middle school principal?
1: Well, I think it's it's always interesting to see why people get into education. Um, I was all set to go to law school. I'd written my LSAT, and that was originally the plan. And then circumstances happened, and I was looking for some extra work while I was at home helping out with my family. And my mother suggested I try substitute teaching in the local school district. And I got a 100 days of work that year as a substitute. Hmm. And I realized uh, how much I really enjoyed working with kids. And, you know, I'd worked with kids when I worked at camp and whatnot, but um, working with them in that environment, I found it to be really, really entertaining. And it's the only job I've ever had where my day seemed to go by in about five minutes. And so I knew that it was probably something for me. And then once I went overseas, it added a whole other dimension. And there was just this air of adventure with it, but also there was this uh, amazing, um, amazing sense of professionalism. I mean, every school that I've worked at, I've been privileged to work with the most professional of educators, people that really, really care and aren't afraid to take risks. And I think that's also why I've ended up in the middle school as well is because I I do like to try new things if it's in the best interest of kids. And if you've worked in education, you know that usually that's the sandbox mm-hmm. middle school because mm-hmm. provided you give them a great experience and you pay attention to those those key markers of their education, you can, you can really have a lot of fun and you can really uh, get creative and engage kids. And I, that to me is just super exciting.
0: Well, and you've mentioned three words there that we really pride, our, pride ourselves here on a, in the GIST Middle School, which is creativity, engagement, um, and, and excitement. And so what then... Why? What makes middle school so unique and special? You know, you've got aspects of children's development going on, but what also makes a middle school great? How do we get to those kids?
1: Well, I think one of my favorite books that I've that have really influenced the way that I think about educating middle schoolers is this book called The Age of Opportunity, and it's written by a brain a brain psychologist, and the big, the premise of the book is essentially that apart from that zero to three age where kids are effectively sponges, mm-hmm. there's no um, greater time of brain development or brain shift than that time that happens during middle school. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, if you're mindful of that and you don't look at middle school ages that let's just like power through it, we'll get through this and eventually there'll be high school kids, it is actually this age of opportunity. And The example I I often give to to families is think of your bedroom when you were in 8th grade. And if you shut your eyes, you can remember every single detail of that bedroom mm-hmm. like when I shut my eyes I see where my cassettes were I can see where the big posters were of the hockey players and the black-and-white television in my room and mm-hmm. and all those different things and you don't form those type of me- types of memories later on and so provided you can latch into the deep emotions that middle schoolers experience and those deep feelings you can really really set a foundation for a ton of learning and a lot of positive mindset things that set kids up for future success. So I, I view it not only as a as a huge responsibility, but I view it as a really fun opportunity. And I, I, I can't think of another age group I'd prefer to work with.
0: You mentioned, again, some really important ideas there. Deep emotions and deep learning. Let's talk a little bit about online learning, mm-hmm. because it is our world at the moment. I think uh, the hardest thing for all of us here in the middle school is not having kids here. Um, but we are certainly with them every day in some sense. But let's talk about online learning. Um, and I want to look at it from this angle. What do you think So the benefits of online learning will be for our students? A lot of the conversation so far has been about the challenges of it, um, how it can be difficult for students. But there's also a lot of skills that they and dispositions that they're gaining at the moment. So, So what do you think the benefits for our students will be?
1: Well, I don't mean to be flippant at all, but I think that once kids are back on campus, we'll never take it for granted again. (laughs) I I do think that every day we're going to count our lucky stars that Mm -hmm. we get to come in and actually spend time with our colleagues and spend time with these children without wearing face masks and with being able to do all those physical Mm -hmm. activities that really for the last, you know, 23 years I've been in education, I've, I've taken them for granted. You know, I th- yeah. So I do think that the return is going to feel really, really special, but that's not what you're asking me. What you're asking me is, what are some pluses, like what are some, mm-hmm. like what's some of the lemonade that's being made from mm-hmm. these lemons that the COVID-19 virus has given us? And so I think there's, I can think of three off the top of my head. Um, the first one that I see is that when you look at the way that kids are engaging with this learning. Mm-hmm. August on versus how they were in the springtime. It's a completely different ballgame. Children are now recognizing this as the school that they're getting, mm-hmm. and they are taking it very seriously. They're completing their work. Our attendance is excellent. It's got a very very high level of engagement, and you know, and ironically, we don't deal with many discipline issues <laughs> because you know the the fact is is that they they have that distance, and a lot of students have reported to me that they find it very very easy to concentrate. Mm-hmm. And they say that, you know, some of the distractions that they might experience in a traditional classroom or even a, a nice modern classroom, they're, they're kind of free of those when they're doing online learning. So that's, that's one benefit I see. The other benefit I see is that so often, you know, being teachers, being organized and caring deeply about kids, we tend to manage them a great deal. And right now, kids are being asked to manage their own time a little bit more. And they're being asked to get themselves from class to class. There's no bells, there's no cues. They're doing it on their own. And middle school kids are doing an excellent job of it. Mm -hmm. They are turning in their work. They're in class on time. They're engaged. And for some of them, they actually really like the fact that they get an extra hour of sleep Mm -hmm. and that there's a lot of research that supports kids who aren't having to travel 45 minutes to get to school on time there's less hours in a day where they're actually on campus, they, a lot of them seem to be better rested. So so that's a benefit. And then an interesting flip on the benefit, it, it came to me, is that it allows teachers a really, really unique opportunity for self-improvement. Because mm-hmm. I've spoken to several mem- members of this faculty, and they've said, you know, Noah, now I have the opportunity to go back into my lessons and watch myself teach. and while. Anybody who's a teacher knows that's an incredibly uncomfortable Mm -hmm. thing to watch yourself teach. It's also some of the best feedback. It allows you to do that self-reflection that we're constantly asking kids to do. Mm. So really, when you flip the switch on this, I have a few predictions about what's going to happen post-COVID-19. One prediction that I have is that absolutely, we're going to have to work with kids to, you know, to get them used to being in that intense social setting and build up that stamina. But I also predict that kids are not going to suffer academically from this. When I look at the, the amount of rigor that they're allowed to still experience in the online environment, is it different? Absolutely. But are our kids learning? Yes. And with these synchronous classes, teachers are actually able to teach, not just assign work. And so that's mm-hmm. a pretty exciting thing.
0: Yeah, and I think it, the students have really been given a lot of opportunity to to live a lot of the, these dispositions that we're constantly talking about in class. But now they have to be resourceful. They have to be resilient in ways that they haven't had to before, which, you know, is, is a lot of what you're saying there. That they're really having to to uh, to be organised and, and engaged with their classes. It, it is fantastic what we're seeing.
1: Have you ever Have you ever taken an online class?
0: As in studied from an online yes. class? No, uh, yes, I have actually.
1: So I've taken a couple of mm-hmm. online classes and uh, I couldn't stand them. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, really struggled to to be engaged mm-hmm. and I had to really push myself to, to do that work. And when I look at my sons when it comes time for them if they're in uni and they're having to do an online class i suspect they're going to be better prepared than i was
0: yeah absolutely and i think it's it's really important to focus on those positives because there there are a lot that are happening i want to finish up by by talking about your own personal experience you are a middle school parent yourself and an elementary school parent what advice what is your number one piece of advice for other middle school period uh, other middle school parents out there sorry who are going through this period normally, but also going through a period during a pandemic?
1: Well, I think it, I was saying that we, we grew, many of us grew up with was this too will pass, you know, and I do believe with, in, with, in all my heart and with all my, yeah. the core of who I am, that we are going to emerge from this and we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that um, I could definitely be accused of being is being a terminal optimist. And when you meet me, I, I, my, my cup's always half full, you know, and I, I always share that with my children as well. I, it's, it's so important to be positive all the time. The, the fact is, is that being negative about the experience isn't going to make it any easier. But beyond that, you know, we, we hold our kids accountable. You know, so we we give them the opportunity to be in charge of their own day. We give them the opportunity to be in charge of their own schoolwork, until they don't do well with it. You know, and then and then we step in. But it's been a really great opportunity for us to not micromanage our children and to allow them to kind of create their own own schedule and be responsible for their own learning. Um, Outside of that, though, I think that time off the screen is very, very important. Mm -hmm. I'm very very conscious of the need for me to be outside playing sports with my boys after school, making sure that they're sweating, making sure that they're running around and all of those important things. And then the other bit that we've always valued, be it online learning or not, is we always devote 20 minutes of family reading time every Mm -hmm. night. We're all members of the family. We gather on the couch with our books and we read together for 20 minutes minimum. And so that's, I think that bit might be even more important now because Mm -hmm. being your eyes on the screen all day long, it's, it's a different, it's a, it's a different skill set.
0: Noah. It's been a lovely conversation with you today. Thank you. We are certainly enjoying your positivity on campus, your eternal optimism, as you say, uh, and and we really look forward to to the day when when students, our students and our our community and parents will be able to get to know you more.
1: Well, I'm enjoying myself here already, and I just can't imagine once we get kids here how fantastic it's going to be.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Noah.
1: No, thank you, Joe.